theyeshiva.net. A brief summation. Yaakov Avinu blesses his children, blesses Yehuda, and the blessing to Yehuda includes the verse where he says, red-eyed from wine and white-toothed from milk. In other words, there will be an abundance of grapes, an abundance of animals grazing in healthy pasture in the territory of Yehuda, hence an abundance of wine and an abundance of milk. But there's also a deeper layer of explanation, which is the focus of this Maimer. Balatanya began to discuss that generally there are two states of love, Ahavas Oilam and Ahavarab. He began to discuss what Ahavas Oilam is. Ahavas Oilam means an eternal love, but he translates it here, interestingly, as a love of the world. Ahavas Oilam, a love of Oilam of the world, which is the love to Hashem that is born and created and taken and revealed from the world, from the experience of life. It's the zest and the passion for true life, for the ultimate life, for the truth of the world, that is Ahavas Oilam. And it's in both directions. There's our love and directly and, and always reciprocal, Kamayim Hapanam Lapanam. We say in Davening, Ahavas Oilam, Ahavtanu Hashem What is the definition of Avas Oilam? That's the beginning of the Mimer focuses on Avas Oilam. And then in the next paragraph, the Balatanya goes over to Ava Rabbah. So the focus on Avas Oilam is, he says, a person needs to become aware. This is something called his Bainanus. It's a daily exercise where we train ourselves and our minds. And it's a major focus in davening and meditation. To be able to appreciate the fact that all of life and all of reality and every aspect in our own individual lives and in the world around us, is essentially pulsating divine energy. To be able to look at the world, to look at yourself, and to see what the Balatanya would call often the Koyach HaPoyel B'Nifel. The power of the Creator within the creation. In other words, to be able to see within every single reality of our world, the divine to be able to see it as an expression of God's love and God's interest and God's connection and God's relationship. Yes, it's very easy to take things for granted. That's why the Chachamim instituted so many brachas, so many blessings of gratitude, of appreciation. Every morning, the moment we wake up, all the brachas hashachar, we thank Hashem for the rooster's wisdom to distinguish between day and night, thank him for opening our eyes, for unlocking our limbs, allowing us to stand up, to walk, for to stand erect, to be able to have clothes, to dress ourselves, to have all the materials in the world that can dress us, to get a new vigor and energy replenished after we go to sleep. I'm going through the different blessings. And so on and so forth. What's the objective of all of this? The objective of all of this is to open up a person to be able to appreciate the miracle of life and nev- never to take for granted every breath we make and every move we make and never to take for granted 
all of the functions of our biological life, of our living, living organism, and of every living organism in the world, and of the entire planet, the ecosystem, and the entire cosmos, the entire universe, and to be able to see the truth. And that is, nothing happens on its own. Everything is created literally, from nothing to something, every single day anew. And therefore, what does it really mean to love the world? What does it mean to love life? It means to love the real world, to love the truth of life. What is the truth of life? What is the truth of the world? Only one thing, the divine reality of it, even though it's concealed, it's eclipsed. We live in a world where everything can be concealed, but that is the emes, the emes of Einoid Mulvade. The truth is that everything is a lakus. The Baal Shem Tov said, God is Alts, when Alts is God. Hashem is everything and everything is Hashem. In other words, there is a oneness. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad means Hashem is Echad. Hashem is one. Doesn't only mean there is one God versus the polytheists. We're introducing monotheism. Of course, it means that too, but it also means Hashem is Echad. When you're dealing with Hashem, what's the, def- what's the first definition, if I could use the word definition for Hashem is, that it's echa, that it's one, that it's oneness, that it's everything, it's all inclusive, because the entire universe is an aspect of divine energy, a manifestation of divine energy, beginning with the person himself or herself. That awareness creates a very deep connection, a very deep attachment, a very powerful love. That's called avas oilam. And the Balatanya continues now, another aspect in this love. Where the last line of the first column, we finish the words, you see the last line of the first column of the Maimer, if you didn't download your source sheets, you could download them now so you'll be able to follow inside. If you go to theyeshiva.net, that's, if you're on Zoom, somebody maybe could put it on Zoom, but it's theyeshiva.net, and on top you'll see Hasidus Wednesday, there's an icon download, it's a green icon, you can click on it and you'll see source sheets you can download, or nearby there's a source sheet icon which you can click on, and the screen will fill with the source sheet, so you can follow inside. So he says, This is the meditation that you give life to all. And it's not like the soul that vivifies the body, when we're talking about the soul and the body, the soul is, the soul's energy is mispashet, it extends, and it's manifested, it's enclosed literally in the body to give it life. And the soul is therefore affected by the body, the two become completely unified. But here, but here, even though Hashem creates everything and animates everything, nonetheless, we still call him HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means his infinity remains Kadosh. Kadosh means aloof, sublime. What vivifies all the worlds could be defined as his ispashtus, an extension. It would be like the ray of the sun that extends from the sun and brings light and warmth to our environment. It's an extension, what you may call his name. Like we say in Adoin Olam in the morning. He was a king before anybody was created. You remember from this morning? When he created everything because of his desire, then Melech Shmai Nikra, then he suddenly gets the name of a Melech. 
He is a melech. Beterem kalitzur nivra. Before anything was created, when everything is created, azai melech shmoi nikra. Then his name suddenly becomes a melech. So the Balatanya uses this phrase, and his point is melech shmoi nikra aleihem, that the name of the king is what defines the relationship of the melech to the subjects. The name of the king. We say in davening every single morning, may your name be praised forever. We say this often. Your name should be praised forever. What's the idea of a name? What's the definition of a name? Like we learned also in the Maimer Basilagani that we learned last week, 5721, part one, and we're going to continue part two next Sunday, Be'ezer Hashem. Basilagani, 1961. What's the idea of a name? You don't need a name for yourself. When a person is talking to themselves, I mean, you could call yourself by name, but it's not necessary, because you know yourself from inside. A name is something used by another person to call you, to pull you in, to define you, to think of you. We think of others in terms of names. I want to speak to you, so I call you by your name. In other words, the name is necessary in order to have a relationship with somebody outside of you. In more abstract terms, the name is the concept of your name, your reputation, the way you're perceived and experienced by others. So that's the idea of Melech Shmoy Nikra Mishtabach Shem that it's Hashem's name, so to speak, that gives life to all the world. What do, we, what do we mean His name? It's the aspect of divine energy that can be somewhat grasped, articulated, defined and experienced by the creation. Because the, the energy that vivifies every single thing, we call this mamalakalaman in the Maimon. What's mamalakalaman? Mamalakalaman means it's tailor-made, it's harnessed, it's channeled, and it's restricted it for, to every single creature according to its capacity. Every single existing being has its own unique chemistry. That unique chemistry is divine energy, its own DNA sequence, which is essentially a manifestation of very detailed and nuanced divine energy that suits the the makeup, the composition of this particular nivra. And that's called Shmai, his name. His name, again, is the way he is experienced by the other, which is basically limited to the capability of the other. How much of you do I know? I know your name. What does it mean I know your name? I don't know your essence. Your name is, I know your reputation. I know that which I can grasp of you. That's the definition of the name. And this is Pirush La'ad Adein Ketz. And not, even this is infinite. This is why we say in Davening in the Kaddish, Amen Yeheish Mei Rabba Mavarach. La'olam ula'olmei almaya yizbarach. In the famous words of the Kaddish we say, May the great name of Hashem be blessed. Shmei Rabba, may it be blessed. La'olam. For eternity, ula'olmei almaya. For eternity of eternity, Yisbarach will he be blessed. Forever. La'olam ula'olmei Says the Balatanya, what's this, what's this request? Pirush, shalom espalulimam of action. We're praying and asking. Sheyi that this name, this name of Hashem, should be bebchines bracha v'hamshacha mehelam elagilu. Should be revealed and communicated from a state of concealment into a state of revelation. Yeheshmei Rabbah, the name of Hashem should be Mevarach. What's the idea of Mevarach? The word Bracha, we say, is a blessing. What does it really come from? We have in Mishnayis, in Zrayim, you have an expression, Hamavrich es hagefen. Hamavrich es hagefen means if you bend a vine. You take a vine, and you take a branch of the vine, and you bend it, instead of just allowing it to grow, you bend it 
because you want it to grow in a new place. So you take a, a long branch of the vine and you bend it and you replant it. You replant it in the earth and you hope that a new sapling will grow from this bent branch. What is the, so what is the word hamavrich? Hamavrich is whenever you take something from the source and you try to draw it and communicate it and bring it into a new space, into a new environment. We call a pool, a brecha. What's a brecha? A brecha means basically you fill up an empty cavity, a cistern or, or a pool, whatever, the, a pit with water that comes either from a wellspring or from a well, or in today's technology, we actually have the pipes, the faucets of water that communicate the water into the pool. So it's drawing the water from the source into a new environment. That's called a brecha. So what's the idea of Yehesh Menabe Mavarach? The name of Hashem is the name of Hashem, but it may not be revealed. We may not be able to experience it. It may remain concealed. So we say, Yehei Shmei Rabba, Mevarach. It should come out to revelation. Hashem's reality in the world could remain completely in a state of concealment. So it's called Yidiyas Anashem Ulamada. He's of course paraphrasing the Pasuk in Yeshaya. Yeshaya Hanavi laments that people fear God and all their mitzvahs are just robotic. They behave like zombies. It's just by habit. There's no passion. There's no involvement. So Baltanya uses the words Yidiyas Anashem Ulamada. Your knowledge of God is just trained. You say Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Rebbeinu Shalaylam. It's just, Vasmachta Baruch Hashem, Yidiyas Anashem Alamada. Yidiyas Anashem Alamada means you know things by habit. You don't know them. You just know them by habit. You're told your whole life that this is how we speak. So this becomes part of your vocabulary. But it's not internalized. One of the dangers of vocabulary is we say things so many times that we just get used to to saying them without thinking about it. So I could say, Hashem, 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 Baruch Hashem, Geleib, Deba Shefa, Vasmachstu, Din in the Mebrishtim, Baruch Hata Hashem, Alekeinu, Melechaelam. But not once in my life should I actually stop and ask myself, what does this mean? What is my experience of it? What is my relationship with it? It's just Yidiyas Hashem, Alamada. They tell the story about Rebbe Yitzchak of Bardichev. He was a very close student of the Heleke of the Holy Magad of Mizrich. Rabbeinu Doiv Ber, the student of the Baal Shem Tov. And his father-in-law was not happy that he went to the Maggit. So they say that once he came, Rabbi was a huge gone. He was, he was a great, great gone, from the great goinim of his generation. He was an Av Bezdin of, of big communities. He wasn't, Rabbi was just a, an emotional, nice man. He was a very emotional person. But he was a gone also. And the Bagad of Mizrich had Talmidim, many of them were, were Go'inei Oilam. I mean, great, great Go'inim, great Rabbonim, great Talmidei Chachamim. We're talking about people of the stature of the Balatanya, the Balhafla, the Pinchas, the Balhafla, the Kajnitz of I mean, great, great Go'inim. So the Balitzka Baditchev, he once came to his father-in-law. And uh, he was came home, and his father-in-law says, Vos Zuchste Mizrich, what do you, what did you find, what, what are you looking for, Mizrich? So the Yitzchak Baditchev says, "Ich hab gewollt wissen, asedah got of the welt. I wanted to become aware that there is a God in the world." 
I wanted to learn that there's a God in the world, so I went to Mizrich. So there was a, a, a maid, a, a Jewish maid servant. She would clean in the house. She would help in the house. He was a, he was a wealthy Jew, an affluent Jew. And he took the Baditshev, I believe Yitzchak, he wasn't yet the Baditshev. He took Yitzchak as a son-in-law to support him so he should continue to learn because he was, you know, a rising star in the, in the, in the Jewish world of Ukraine. So he was disappointed that he's running to Mizrich, to the market. So he says, you went to find out that there's a God in the world. Let's call the maid. And he calls in this fine, wonderful Jewish girl who's cleaning in the house, never got an education. And he says, there's a God in the world. So she says, for sure, what's the question? It's a, it's a Jewish girl. So the father-in-law says, Zest, you see? She knows that she never went to Mizrich. So the Baditshiva said, he said these words, He really probably wanted to say, but he was respectful. He says there's a difference between saying and experiencing. This is what the Maimur is saying. Things just become part of the training. It becomes robotic. And the reason it becomes robotic is, I just grew up with it. Yeheshmei Rabba Mevorach is, it should be Mevorach la'olam al-olme It should be communicated from a state of concealment, from a state of truth, but it's not relatable to me, in a, in a place of Baruch. Again, what is Bracha? Bracha is Hamshacha. When you give a Bracha to somebody, it's the same thing. What's a blessing? What's the concept of a blessing? And what a blessing is that every person in their source, in their inner core, has tremendous energy. Giving a bracha means you help them access it. You help reveal it. You help draw it from the source into a more revealed state. So divine consciousness is embedded into every creature, into every existence, including the human being, including the Jew. But I want it should be mevarach. So that's the difference, meken zogen or meken visen. And by the way, this is one of, one, it's just, it's, a, it's just, I think, an interesting thing to note. It's one of the advantages when a person is involved with bringing other Jews closer to Yiddishkeit, what they call Kiruv work, Avas Yisrael, where you're involved with other people to inspire them. What happens is they'll often ask you questions or bring up topics that you've never thought of, and it challenges you to crystallize your own Judaism. It challenges you to go much deeper into yourself and ask yourself, what does my davening look like? What does my learning look like? What is my Judaism all about? What type of relationship with God do I have? Is it just Yidiyas Hanashim Olamada? I repeat like a parrot what I heard. A mitzvah Hanashim Olamada, I just do everything in routine. Or there's a chiyus. There's a life, there's a pnimius, there's an experience there. Zizokt unichves. I'm not just repeating words. There's a real, real experience. There's a relationship. A relationship means I'm not just following the text and doing what other people told me to do, which is fine, but it's ultimately empty. It's missing a depth, it's missing a passion. But there is a real, real, there's a, there's a relationship there. It's a relationship. So the Balatanya says, that's Yeheshmei Rabba Mavarach. The Herst, Yeheshmei Rabba Mavarach. The name should be communicated, not in Haidah, but Bracha. 
And this is not chas v'shalom tanak hoida. Hoida is a big thing. Hoida means that the Jew acknowledges it and it's real. When that girl says, it's very real, it's very authentic. But there's hoida and then there's bracha. He says, It should be revealed in my brain and in my heart in the ultimate, authentic, and truthful way. Because there's no replacement for this. And that's why you'll see a lot of cynicism. You'll see by intelligent people, Emes, you'll see cynicism. What's the cynicism coming from? Huh? I see somebody's really nodding very hard with their head. What's the cynicism coming from? The cynicism is coming exactly from this. I'm intelligent. If I'm not intelligent, okay. But there's somebody who's very intelligent. And things have to be real. If it's not ultimately, I know I'm playing a game. It's shtick, you know. You know, I go with the flow. But there's an element of cynicism and sarcasm. And cynicism and sarcasm come from fear. They also come from sadness. And they also come from a certain despair. It's like... You know what I mean? Let's uh, it's enough for you already, it's enough the babamices that you sold me already as a child. One of the tremendous, tremendous things that happens when you start learning Chsidis, when you start learning the Torah of the Balatanya, Chsidis Bechlal, and especially the Torah of the Balatanya, Biyun. I'm not talking about you hear Psahal Bevart. You come and you learn and you learn every day and you chazer and you internalize and you think about it and you review it with yourself and with your spouse and with your children and you review it again and you start learning it is you start understanding what he just says. You could start relating to what he just said. The, the, the Rebbe Ayatz once said, as chsidis hatarabgenumen avegenumen denar, denar from the welt. There's a certain uh, externality and superficiality a person could become accustomed to. But you start learning chsidus, you start seeing th- there's a seriousness, there's a depth, there's an authenticity, a maturity that you could connect to. And you realize the powerful infinity within yourself and within the world. Of course, every person according to their own capacity but in our world filled with sarcasm and filled with cynicism and filled with anxiety and filled with pain and filled with distress, this could be a lifesaver. It becomes pikuach nefesh because it connects you to layers of the self that are infinite. And this is the blessing, Yehei Shmei Rabbah, the Shmei Rabbah, the shame, which is the source of all existence. Yishtabach Shimcha, that should be Mevarach. There's mevarach in my brain and in my heart. It should be la'olam alolme almaya filibaolamas atahtainim kumabalamazagashmi. What's la'olam alolme almaya? It could be communicated in higher worlds. It should also come even into the all the worlds, even the lowest worlds. The physical world. King and Shinema Barak Hashem Alakeisomina Oilam Vadoilam. We say, Baruch Hashem Alekei Yisrael, Min Ha'olam V'ad Ha'olam. It's Min Ha'olam V'ad Ha'olam. From the world to the world. Which worlds? The Pshat is, Min Ha'olam V'ad Ha'olam. It could be in Olam Aruchni. Min Ha'olam V'ad Ha'olam. It should be V'ad Ha'olam till Ha'olam Agashmi. Because again, the divine connection could be very aloof, but I don't feel it. It doesn't come into my world. It doesn't come into my reality. It doesn't fill my brain. It doesn't fill my anxiety. 
This was the exact purpose why our sages instituted the structure of davening to go through the whole psukah de Zimra, which basically here includes from the beginning of davening all the way through Haidu Baruch Sha'amar and all the kapitlach afterwards until Yishtabach, until we're getting ready for Kriyashma, all the way till Krishma, you have the blessings before Shema. What is it all about? What's the point of saying this again and again and again? People get very bored. I once asked, I asked somebody, a friend of mine, so he likes to talk about these things. So I asked him, if uh, he asked me, he says, <laughs> he told me that he asked a couple of friends of his, intelligent people, he's an affluent Jew, if you would, if you would, <laughs> If you would have the ability, it's an interesting question, if you would have the ability to change some things in Judaism, what would you change? If you, if God says, I want your advice, I want to change a couple of things in, in Yiddishkeit, what would you change? And he told me that every one of them immediately said davening. <laughs> the davening. The long davenings every day. Yeah. Was it, what was the problem? He said, they're just, they're just so bored. They're just bored. They're bored again and again. And the truth is, that it's very natural to get bored. It's very natural to get monotonous. I'm going to say the same words again and again. The only way you could not be bored by davening is if you don't get bored with yourself. Because the text may be the same, but the person is never the same. Somebody once, Rabbi, once somebody asked Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz, Rabbi Adin Evan Yisrael, Zechren Levracha, how he davens every day without getting bored. It's the same text. And he said, yes, the text is the same, but the person is not the same. A person is constantly experiencing new things. Life is constantly in flux and change. And therefore the text of Davani becomes a source of rejuvenation where the human being is today. And then he says to the student, and if the person is the same, like yesterday, then he says it's not the davening that's boring, it's the person who's boring. <laughs> Don't blame the davening. You're boring, so the davening is boring. If you're not bored with yourself, then the davening is not boring. It always, it always has news to it because the davening is the challenge to be able to realign myself daily with my truest vulnerable essence. And that's a daily exercise. The ability to go into my center every day, to go into my most balanced, anchored space, to the core of core, and realign myself every day with the kaya chapoyel benifel with the inner core of my energy and the energy of the world, which is divine, this is a constant daily avoider. The Gemara says, Levi should have an all day, because you could do this all day. <laughs> you could do This work has to be done all day. You do it in the morning, you do it in the morning. And it's, it's not so much about how much time. It's really the, the sima slave, the focus, the tuning into it. I told you once, the Rebbe said, the Medrash says, Hashem says to a Jew, open up, open up your heart to me like the Chudoy Shalmachat. Chudoy Shalmachat is like the point of a needle. Tiny opening. And I will open for you the door of, I will open, I will create for you an opening like the door of the Ulam. The Ulam was, the intermediary hallway between the outer section of the base and the inner section of the base, and they didn't have doors. 
So the Rebbe said, Pischuli kechuder shalmacha. The Rebbeinu Shalolam says, Gib mir finif minut. Fun dein tog. Aber die finif minut zon zayn nor meine. Give me five minutes of your day, but these five minutes should belong exclusively to me. You know, you could take a walk with your spouse and you could walk for two hours, but you're on the phone. And then sometimes you could bond for five minutes, but those five minutes, each one feels that they have each other. You belong to me, I belong to you. Give me finif minuta, but the finif minutes on zain nor mine. The Hest, Rabbi Aaron, you hear? Give me five minutes, but these five minutes should be only mine. Rabbi Litzman, Fashtest, die finif minutes on sein nor meine. That's the idea of chuder shalmachat. It's the point of a needle. So the whole psukah de zimra, from Baruch Shama, all the way is to this, is laharich, to elaborate, or laharichiv adibur, to expand the conversation, b'shvachir shalmokam ech shemalchus ayu malchus kolaylamim. You'll see all psukah de zimra, its, its message in one way or another is to engrave and inculcate and integrate within a person's mind and heart that life is essentially a relationship with infinity. That every moment of life, every breath of life, every experience of life is malchus malchus kolaylamim. It's divine. It's sacred. It's infinite. It's full of love and meaning and purpose. That relationships, that connectivity, that oneness is the DNA of existence. That I'm not alone in the world. That I'm not an isolated creature. That my entire existence is right now a manifestation of divine love and divine energy. That's what it is. Or, as somebody famously put it, that at every moment I am an ambassador of love, light, hope, healing, authenticity and redemption. Some of us are junior ambassadors, some of us are ambassadors in training, but every single one of us is divine light in this world. I'm not just a piece of meat and potato, a nebuch case, or a loser, or a dejected, scarred person. I may have scars, I may have wounds, I may have been dejected, I may have my struggles, but essentially what is a person? What is life? Malchuscha malchus kalaylamim. It's your malchus, it's divine energy that is malchus kalaylamim that animates everything and therefore you're always connected. You're always connected with infinity. You're always connected with love. You're always healthy and wholesome at your core. This is the avayd of davening, to align yourself with the kaya chapayel benifl. To realize you're not selfish, to realize you're not superficial, to realize you're not brute, to realize you're not ugly and grotesque, to realize you're not unwanted or unneeded, to realize that you are a manifestation of divinity in this world. That's what you are. That's Malchus Kalei and not just you. When I see it in me, I see it in you, and in you, and in you, and in you, and even in you. I'm talking to you. And I see it even in you. <laughs> because I could see it in myself. I see it in my spouse, and I see it in my children. I see it in, with every person I come in contact with. And I see it in the squirrel, and I see it in the groundhog, and I see it in the deer, the deer that are here roaming around, they want to hear the sheikh siddhas, the deer here near, near my window, the deer. It's not a joke, by the way. The Balshemtiv was once davening, and there were a bunch of goats, 
The Walshan was davening outside of a bunch of goats, and you know what happened, yeah? I heard this from the Rebbe once. The goats, in the middle of the Walshan Tov's davening, stood up on two feet. They stood up on two feet, like a person, and they were standing in complete awe of the Walshan Tov's davening. So the Rebbe said, As by the Walshan Tov ab gedavent, haben afilu ditzigin dehert einayd mulvada. When the Baal Shem Tev davened, the goats also experienced their own divine energy, relative to the experience of a goat. But the goats also felt the energy, because Baal Shem Tev is davening. So the point here in davening, every person according to their own capacity, when they begin, when they begin davening, davening is an exercise to go back to who you really are. To go back to the essence and the core of your existence, to see the soul in you, to see the soul in another person, and to see the soul in the world. And what does it mean to see the soul? To see the pnimius, to see the goodness, to see the ziskite, to see the elikus. And in addition to this, he says, this, There's two components in Avas Olam. The Mittler Rebbe in his Maimer and Teres Chaim says that his father, is, the Maimer here is discussing Yechud and Yechud together. The lower level of unity, the higher level of unity. Meaning, on one hand, to be able to understand that the whole world is divine energy, but to also to understand that this is all the name of Hashem. Yishtabach Shem It's the way the energy is restricted and harnessed and channeled in every single creature, which is already post many tzimtzumim, many restrictions in order for it to be tailor-made. And then there's the understanding that Hashem Himself, transcendence, infinity, doesn't become trapped or defined by anything. This is all a preparation for Shema Yisrael. What's Shema Yisrael? Shema Loshen Havona. The word Shema means listen, hear. But in Loshen it doesn't only mean hear, hear what I'm saying. In Yiddish they say, Nisht Hadin, Dead Hadin. To get it. Shema is Dabir Kishameya Avdecha. Shameya means I get it. I internalize it. I really understand it. This is all a preparation for a person to meditate on the truth that Hashem is one. What does it mean Hashem is one? Not only that there's one God. That God created the whole world and is responsible for the whole world. That's true. That's the basics. But he says it's even deeper than this. Pirush Echad. The word Echad is Aleph Ches Dalet. The Bish Yosef says Aleph is one. Ches is eight. This includes Zion, Rikim, Veretz. The seven heavens and earth. V'dalet Ruch And the Dalet is the four directions of the world. East, west, and south, and north. They are all aligned and nullified to the Aleph, to the Oneness, which is Alufah, means the leader of the world. Just as in the physical world there are seven heavens, spiritually there are states of consciousness, one deeper, there's a heaven and another heaven and another heaven, another heaven. And when you finish with one heaven, you get to the second heaven. And when you finish with the second heaven, you get to the third heaven. It's not just seven heavens, seven levels, physical levels. Zion Rikim represents this heaven above heaven, above heaven, above heaven. Ruchni is this endless madregas. V'kulam p'telam elav yizbarach. And ultimately each of them, all of them are aligned 
and nullified in the oneness of Hashem. That's Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Echad, to be able to understand the complete oneness of the world. If everything is completely submerged in oneness, how is there an experience of a world? The answer is, because Baruch Shem, because Hashem takes His oneness and He communicates it into His name. What's His name? The name is the divine energy, the way it's imparted and articulated in a way that the world can grasp it. And this is kvayd, malchusay, la'aylam va'ad. This is what creates aylam. This is what creates the world. In chesidus, this is known as the higher unity and the lower unity. The yichudi law is the idea of echad. And then there's baruch shem, kvayd, malchusay, la'aylam va'ad. The Zoya says the lower level of unity is the way that the energy is imparted and restricted so that there can be a consciousness of the self. Shemibchin is Dalad Rapsi the Echad from the great Dalad of Echad in the Sefer Torah. The Dalad of Echad is a large Dalad. Nimshech Pchin is Brach of Amshachali is Pchin is Shem Kveid Malchusai. From the Dalad of Echad comes Baruch. There is a communication. Remember, Brach is communication. The energy is drawn to become a name that will impart Hashem's Malchus. What is Malchus? Malchus is leadership. Ein melech beloyam. You can't have be a melech without a people. It's the Malchus of Hashem that allows there for there to be separate consciousness, separateness. So this is the meditation of Shema Yisrael and Baruch Shem that comes after the whole davening. Meaning after the whole introduction. Remember that in the time of the first Beis HaMikdash, till the second Beis HaMikdash, there was no introduction to Kriya Shema. You woke up in the morning and you said Shema without preparation. Today, we have the structure of davening that comes later in Jewish history. So the Balatanya explains in Lekut explains it in Lekut HaTayra, Parshas Chukas. And in other places, we learned some of those Maimarim, Lekut HaTayra, Parshas Matas, Lekut HaTayra, Parshas Chukas. That this is in order to be able to help a person experience the Shema Yisrael in a real way. Because as we also learned to San Chanukah, in other generations, he says, there were great tzaddikim and there were great sinners. The experience of the divine was so immediate, and therefore the experience of idolatry was also so serious. He says, in later generations it changed. The spiritual dullness set into the world, and you also don't have that gravitation to idolatry. What does this mean in our lives? That the davening is a preparation to be able to come to this state of Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. Hashem Echad means that there is complete oneness, everything is one with infinity, submerged in the infinite reality. And then there is Baruch Shem Kvayt Malchus Infinity gives rise to finiteness, but the DNA of finiteness is also infinity, the way infinity is compressed within the finite world. This is the cause, this is the source of healing. The person reaches Vahafta. What's Vahafta? You should love. Love is a very, very deep feeling. It's a very, to be able to love, you have to be open. To be able to love, I have to be able to extricate myself from my traumas and my fears and my insecurities. Love is vulnerable. Love is, I expose myself to love. I allow you into my life and I allow me, and you allow me into your life, and the two lives mesh together. Love is very powerful. How do you reach place of love? Vahafta. Vahafta, I should love. Today when you say Vahafta, you say, Avas Oilam Ahaftanu, before Kriyashma, we say Avas Oilam, and we mention love seven times. Do you know that? In that bracha, Avas Oilam, we mention love seven times. Your homework today, if you didn't daven yet, is to count the seven times of love in Avas Oilam. 
I don't mean to count now. Now you could trust me. I mean when you're davening to be able to focus in on every time of love and then stop. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you could count. You could count. You'll see seven times of love. Seven times love. Because it's not so simple, love. It's very simple, but it's not so simple when I live in fear. So the, the love is the natural state of existence, but it's also something that I can block myself to. So the question is, when I say, Avas can I stop, take a deep breath, and really experience the emotion of God loving me? Avas because then I could say, I can also love. What is the feeling of somebody really, really loving you? Do you know what it feels like? Somebody loving you unconditionally, absolutely, without any restrictions, without any limitations, without any conditions, without any strings attached. Did you ever feel it? Did you ever feel that love. So the Balatanya says, after we go through this, then there could be a real vahafta. I can really be completely open to love. But that means I'm completely open. I'm very vulnerable. He says, Pirish vahafta miloshin rotsin. The hainu shayir, it's soincha shavayil akacha bachalavavcha bashne yitzarecha. Yitzar teva yitzahara. Le hapcha chashucha le nahayra. The word vahafta means you should love. It comes from the word ava, which means desire. Because love is desire. What is the desire here? He says the desire is vahafta. You should then desire, you will desire. The Alter Rebbe writes that vahafta is both a commandment, but it's more than that. It's a prediction. When you realize oneness, vahafta, then you're going to want that Hashem should be a lekecha. That godliness should be your God. What does it mean, your God? That it's that which motivates you, it energizes you. With all your heart, as the Chazal say in Brachas, in the Mishnah Brachas, chapter 9, all the parts of your heart, both your Yetzir Tov and your Yetzir both your inclinations, because even the darkness becomes transformed, because your Ratzin goes away from vanity to oneness. That's what the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Perik Ayin Gimel, Mili Ba Who do I want in heaven? And with you I desire nothing on earth. Why? Because in life I have to choose the Tafel or the Iker. I'm looking for the truth or I'm looking for the package, for the cover-ups. When you buy a banana, when you take a banana, you harvest a banana, do I focus only on the peel or do I want the banana? Do I eat only the orange peel or do I get to the inside of the fruit? When you buy something in the store that has a package, do you just celebrate the packaging or do you open up the package and you take out the insides? Everybody knows the packaging is just external. So the packaging of our world, the externalities of our world, seem very, very mundane. But really, what is it? It's all kaya chapayel benifel. It's the pnimius is elikus. So every moment of life, ahafta, you you will desire that havaya should be elikecha, bechalavavcha, that my heart shouldn't become addicted and entangled with superficialities of life. I always want to be in a state of dvekas. Meaning, what's a state of dvekas? Connected to the pnimius, 
connected to the essence, connected to the core. In every moment, you say, but you have a Yetzirah. He says, that's the Bechal of Avcha. That ultimately, I train myself that when I look at something, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the emes of it. I'm looking for the pnimiyas of it. Just like with food. You can get consumed by the external look of it. You know, the beautiful piece of, uh, of cake, but it may be poisonous for you. But you want to look for the inside. What type of nutritious value does it have? <laughs> I know it's easier said than done because the glitter of the outside is so powerful. But that's what a trained heart and a trained soul does. You become entombed with the pnimius. You start, you stop getting intoxicated by the chitzonius, by the outer glamour, even if it looks good, because that means nothing. The whole world of uh, advertisement is based on impressing people with certain impressions and advertisements to make them feel that without buying this new tzatzka, this new gadget, I am going to be miserable. <laughs> right? You see this advertisement, this promotion, if you don't get this tomorrow, and I'm sorry, tomorrow is too late, if you don't buy this within the next 20 minutes, you will be in Gehenna for the rest of your life. And this is a multi-billion dollar industry of psychologically keeping people addicted. People are talking now about the uh, social dilemma, the way that uh, experts have designed modern technology to keep you on the screen, yoimam v'layla, nonstop. And they do it. They do it successfully. <laughs> they do it successfully. Uh, we all know. I, I know. I know from my own struggle, and I think we all know. They, there's this little tzatzka. You think that you own it. You don't own it. It owns you. You don't own it. I know you paid a couple of hundred dollars. You don't own it. It owns you. It takes you from one to another. And the psychology is brilliant. We don't realize we're slaves. We become slaves to other people's expectations. As somebody once said, that uh, when, you're, uh, when you're browsing the web or you're browsing Facebook, you think, you think you're the customer, you're the client. No, 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 you're the product. <laughs> you're the product. There's... You're not the customer, you're the product, they're selling you. The designers of Facebook use you, you're the product. They get you from this place to this place to this place, they use you. You're the product, that's what you are. You're the slave. Mature people do this, we sell ourselves, people want to know what about slavery. We sell ourselves into slavery. Nobody has to sell us into slavery, we sell ourselves. Lincoln might might have emancipated the slaves, but we sell ourselves into slavery. We're all slaves. We all become avadim. What's vahaftas Hashem alakecha b'chalavavcha? Vahaftas Hashem alakecha b'chalavavcha is the ability to be able, Hashem is saying, when you realize the oneness, vahafta, you're going to want. You're going to want to be connected to the truth of reality. Every moment you want dveikas. You don't want to get fooled by the outer layers. You want the outer layers to be a conduit for the inner core, for the inner energy. This is the basic avoid of Avas Oilam. This is the avoid of Avas Oilam. Now, in my opinion, the Balatanya could stop here, and I already have work for life. I have work for life. Could stop here. Avas Oilam is pretty powerful. This is the Ava that comes from the world, from studying the world, from understanding the world.
You see this in any nekuda, any aspect of life. Whether you're studying science, you look at science, you look at physics, you look at mathematics, you look at biology, you look at astronomy, you look at cosmology, you look at geology, you look at botany, wherever you are in the world. You look at yourself. From my flesh I perceive God, as the Pesach says in EF. That's all Avas Eilam. Now he goes to stage B, stage two, which is Averabe, which we will, Bezer Hashem, continue tomorrow morning, 7.30. Let me take some questions. You spoke about how davening can be very monotonous, but the same is true about the weekly Parsha. The same is true when I learn again the same Blad Gemara or Mishnah or whatever else I'm learning again. Maybe if it's less frequent, it's not so boring. Davening is three times a day. But the truth is, I always find new and deeper meaning in the Parsha, new and deeper meaning into the Mishnah, new and deeper meaning into the Gemara, and even daily davening. The trick is there's always deeper meaning in the words and a deeper relationship that you find in the words and a new discovery. Yeah, I think I think you're, you're very powerful. I think it's very powerful and very well said. Are you saying that when you say you deserve this new expensive thing, I don't deserve it? <laughs> yes, I'm saying that when they say you deserve this new expensive thing, it sounds like they're flattering you, but I'm not sure if they're trying to flatter you or you just turn into the product. So it's just important at every moment to be in a state of of dvekas, in a state of of oneness. Next question. What happens... If you were, if you suffered from trauma during your childhood, and as a result of that, you can't open yourself to love, because you don't trust the world. Ooh, this is a good question. This is a good question. This is a question that many of us have to deal with, and uh, the first, the first stage is awareness. That's the first stage. David HaMelech says in Tehillim, Ki avi v'imi azavuni v'ashem yasveni. My father and mother have abandoned me, but God took me in. The first state, the first step towards healing is awareness. Being aware that I close up, that I lock up, that I'm on lockdown. I don't mean corona lockdown, I mean emotional lockdown. That I'm on lockdown, I will not let anybody in. And not only will I not let anybody in, but often when somebody tries to get in, I distance them even more and I get even more angry at them. Why? Because since deep down, I feel so undeserving of love or I feel so much inner shame or guilt or embarrassment or loneliness. Your attempt to uncover my deeper, sweeter spot is often not appreciated. It's it's scary for me, it's dangerous for me, and therefore I get angry at you, I get upset at you. I may even feel that if you like me, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> there must be something really wrong with you. I, I don't want a relationship, because why would you want me? So there must be something very, very off about you, or very dysfunctional about you. The bottom line is that my thought process is distorted. My experience of the self and therefore of others is very, very narrow and very, very off. I do not have the ability to experience life with the full 
depth and breadth of experience of consciousness. So just being aware of that is so, so helpful, helpful, because then you can identify what's going on. You could see how it evolve, you could see how it develops in your life. You could see how it impacts you. And then you could start making choices. And you may also want the guidance and the help of somebody who's a real expert in this area to help you be able to see your patterns and help you see how it's impacting you, how it has impacted you, and the various options that are available in order to bring you to a deeper place. Thank you for opening us up to that conversation. I wish you all a beautiful and meaningful and inspiring day filled with Avas Oilam. Tomorrow morning, 730.
You're thanking us for the niggin or for the sheer? Okay. <laughs> okay. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.